You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out on... Hello? That was weird. Uh, Packernet.com and whatnot. Packernet underscore, pack underscore daddy. Um, did you hear that, or was that just something jacked up on my side? I, saw, I thought the whole intro started all over again. It's like, what? I'm, I'm drunk. Um, for the record, I have been working on a bonus episode. I did have somebody reach out. And uh, came up with a really good idea, but I am just struggling. I have been spending so much time working with every data set I can think of, trying to get the information, and I just cannot get it. It's a great content idea. I'm just really struggling to get it. And uh, I'm, so bottom line is I'm, I'm a little bit fried. And I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to dive into like this, you know, situation in Green Bay again, and I've been disconnected from it for the last several hours. I was super engaged, and I was going to get started, and then I was like, no, let's see if we can get it done today, and then I came back. So now I'm not as engaged, but look, man, um, I want to move on. I really do. I'm not going to, but I really want to. I just, it just feels like, um, I mean, look, this is a new, it's a new thing, and as much as I'd like to just move on and be like, look, we, we've kind of covered it and everything, because it's new, it, it, there's always like new angles and new things that are coming up and people with different opinions that I haven't thought about or at least haven't commented on or whatever. And so it just kind of gets the juices flowing and it's like, we, we got to address it, you know? So I will do my best to rip through this stuff so that we can move on and start talking about the Vikings and our playoff odds and all those kinds of playoff scenarios and other interesting things. But... um Again, there have been some things that have come up, and I wanted to address. I'm trying to remember in order. <laughs> you know, you know what I love about this too, by the way. Um, th- there have been in the past many times where there's very well defined teams, and I feel like one of those, for example, among Packers fans, is sort of the Gutekunst versus Rogers teams, and they they've been so like finely defined, you know, like I've, I've kind of gone back and forth in that group. Maybe some other people have as well, but you kind of get to know who's in what camp. And it's, it's just funny because when new things come up immediately, there's teams. And sometimes I'm kind of ignorant as to 
how those teams are defined. There usually are reasons, right? I, I, I do think that there's sometimes it comes down to political affiliation. Sometimes it's an age thing or uh, whatever. But I just blast it. I'm like, here's what I think. And it's interesting to see like how the, the chips fall. And it's kind of fun because a lot of the people that have not been on the same team as me for most issues are suddenly like liking and retweeting my posts. And I'm like, wait a minute, we're on the same team on this one? Huh. And it's funny because there, there's like, there's always things behind it. You know, that there, there's, for example, based on some of my, <laughs> there's like, I've got two different takes that I want to talk about. And I feel like they're completely opposite because there, there's like a, I don't, I don't know what, I don't even know what it is exactly. I know there's an anti-Jair sentiment out there. There has been for a long time. It's been very strong. I've been very confused by it. It's not just a personality thing. It's like his play is bad. He's trash. He's da 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 da. That's like I, I again, I've, I've addressed it, and we're going to address it again today, further in depth, with the help, presumably, of some anti-Jair people who have helped me on social media. But it's like my one group of tweets, like the anti-Jair people, love it, and then the other tweet they don't like and it's like it's just it just depends like what people's whole thing yeah I, I don't know and that's the thing i'm dumb I, I don't i don't do like the team sport thing it's just here's the situation which is different i everybody has to like lump everything together like it has to somehow tie into like this other argument that i've been having for 10 years that i can't let go of like everything is independent dude let it go let it go freaking Elsa and Anna style, man. Just let it go, bro. I say Elsa and Anna because I don't... I, to this day, I don't know which one's which. My daughter was down here singing that song to me for 25 minutes. She doesn't know the words. She knows like six words. She kept singing it over and over again. I still don't know which one's which. Elsa, I think, is the powerful queen one. Anna's the weirdo that married a dude after a day. Pretty sure. I don't know. But it, it is annoying because you feel like, like I'm trying to have actual conversations sometimes, and you can't because... It doesn't matter what you say about this issue. They have a very firm opinion based on this issue because of how it impacts the other thing over here. And so these two sides like come crashing together. But I don't know like what the teams are anymore. So it's like now all of a sudden I'm on this person's team and then all of a sudden they're mad at me about this. And I'm like, I thought we like, oh, hold on. So you you think this, but not this. And, and why you you don't. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend. I didn't know you disagreed. And I. So it's it's an interesting thing to kind of observe um how the teams are being split and i don't know who's on my team and who's not anymore so <laughs> it's just funny to see who likes and comments and and what the comments are and i have no idea who likes what or what the the thing is one of the things i wanted to bring up that i was contemplating and i don't know this to be a hundred percent correct but i think it's worth clarifying um i think it was clayton had posted something about it was just like a funny little meme or whatever, but you know that video of Mark Murphy kind of walking down and like looking up at the girl that's walking and like doing a video about how guys stare at her or something? I don't know. I don't know why people do the things they do. But it was something to the effect of like, watch out or or he may kind of come down on this. And then I kind of thought about it and I thought, actually, I think he did. I don't know this, but a suspension is a big deal. That is a thing like that gets handed down either from the top, top of the NFL or the top, top of the team. I don't think the GMs generally hand out suspensions. In fact, the way that I kind of sorted this out in my head is 
any one of the three, and, and, and please understand, I'm sure a lot of people got together, Lafleur and Gutekunst and Murphy, and a lot of people got together and discussed how to handle this situation. So I don't want to pretend that, you know, one person acted unilaterally and the rest just sat on their hands. But I think it's worth noting that Brian Gutekunst's specific um, powers, so to speak, in this regard, would be to cut a player or release a player or trade a player. Mark Murphy will suspend a player. And I think if Matt LaFleur wanted to take this in his hands, he would deactivate the player. That is to say, you're not playing either in this game, you know, sit your butt down on the bench, or next time you're, you're not active. So I do think that this came all the way down from the top. But again, that's sort of a relatively minor note because I do think all, th- all I don't even want to say all three, because I'm sure Russ Ball and a bunch of other people were, were included in this conversation. But it is somewhat interesting because there's still several components to this. Number one being the fact that Matt LaFleur did have the ability to um, inject some immediate recourse, right? He could have benched him for the rest of the game. And if that's too extreme and you want to just wait or whatever, that's fine. But there was still the option to go and speak to him. That'll come up in a li- at a later, later date. But that was still an option. At least get in his face when he comes back to the sideline. Apparently nobody even said a word to him. But then there's also the question of like, what do we do? Because we have all these different powers at our disposal and they could have let Matt LaFleur take the, take the lead on this or even instructed him and say, why don't you, as a show of force, make the decision to deactivate him. Now, maybe I'm guessing the reason that it was explicitly handled a different way is because they didn't want Matt LaFleur to be the bad guy, which maybe that's the right decision. I don't actually know. I think you could go either way with it. I think you could, uh, you could very easily see a situation where if the coach does that, that it would further cause a rift between the coach and the players, which you're trying to establish a good relationship. My only question would be, would it be a good idea for him to start kind of pushing his weight a little bit more? Because you got to understand, again, we can draw parallels of like the parent-child relationship. There are times when my kids will say something that is disrespectful in their tone to their mother, and I will immediately interject myself into that situation and tell them, don't you ever talk to her that way again. Now, a couple things. Number one, they would never say that to me. Number two, they would never have said that to her if they knew that I was in the other room, which in and of itself tells you everything you need to know about the Jair and Matt LaFleur situation. He had no fear of going out and doing what he did, okay? That's number one. But there's also an element of wanting my wife to not tolerate that either, for her own sake. She's much more like, you know, she doesn't like it, but like I, I just have this little trigger in me, either because of how I was raised or because I'm a dude, and, or I, I don't know, but disrespect just does a thing to me that I, I cannot handle, and I will not tolerate. And she just doesn't have that like instant trigger where it's like, did you just say to me? But I want her to stand up for herself in that way. And so Jair disrespected Matt LaFleur. Yes, he disrespected his, you know, his teammates and the organization and, and whatever else. But this was directly a disrespectful move to Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur needs to be the one to address it. So yes, big daddy Brian Gutekunst or daddy Mark Murphy can come in and scold them and say, don't you ever do that to Matt LaFleur again. But that just makes it worse for Matt LaFleur. Don't you think? You got to come over, have somebody come over and save you. I, I just, you know, another point on this, by the way, since we're kind of delving into it, I don't know the situation. And there's a lot of people right now who are upset because you shouldn't be speculating or, or creating all this drama if you don't know. That's stupid. Nobody ever knows anything about anything. All we have is speculation. So you have really only, I guess, two options. Number one, 
Because I don't know, I'm going to take the most bland path possible, which includes like maybe offering up some options and then just saying, I don't know, and I don't have an opinion and just moving on and then offering nothing because you never actually know anything about anything. And if you are a content creator and that's the path you take, just quit. You're providing nothing. Number two is to simply draw on the information you have and give the best case scenario while providing the context that I don't actually know, but here is currently what makes the most sense to me. And if new information comes in, I will adjust. And as far as, as, as players or you know players' family members or coaches or anybody else throwing a little temper tantrum about it, here's the bottom line. If you don't want us to speculate, tell us what the truth is. And if you're not going to come and tell us what's going on, then you can just deal with the consequences of that. Open invitation to any players, coaches, or anybody else that would like to inform me. My DMs will be wide open to you. You can reach out to me any way that you would like. You can come on the podcast if you like. You can tell me privately and just say that it's off the record. You, you have all these things at your disposal to correct any issues you don't like. But in the meantime, I don't know what's going on, and I'm using the best available information, which is not very good information. If you'd like to update my information, you have that availability. If you don't want to, then guess what? Shut up. I'm so tired of all the white knights that want to show up and protect everybody all the time. You don't actually know. No kidding, I don't know. That's why I'm speculating. Do you know? Can you tell me? If you can, tell me, and I'll, I'll, then we'll go with that. Oh, you don't know? Then why are we having a conversation? I know it doesn't matter because they're only saying it because they want to impress whatever individuals might be looking at the situation, but... I just, I just, whatever. We're all just guessing, all right? That's it. That's all we're doing. And everybody has a right to guess and speculate. And because there's such sparse but also drastic information out there, there's going to be a wide range of possibilities of what could be happening. And to be honest, there's very few completely stupid theories. There's a really wide range of rational possibilities at hand here. And so while I very strongly will disagree with some people's versions of the story based on what I think, I also completely disagree with anybody who flat out says that you shouldn't be allowed to hold that position or comment on the position or whatever else. And there are a lot of different compartments to this as well, as far as, you know, for example, one of the things that came to light also is that Matt LaFleur essentially said that there were other problems that led to this. Man, you could speculate for a long time about what that could mean. Um, I, there, there are comments about his personality, and we'll get into this too. There, the, there's a radio program that um, between Homer and Wildy, if you haven't listened to it, we're going to be spending some time going through that because it, it is kind of two opposite sides of the spectrum. And I'm, I am in between both of them, not because I'm super sophisticated and I always want to take the middle path because that's not the case. I just, I think one is too far one way and one is too far the other way, personally, compared to where I'm currently standing on the issue. Nothing wrong with being on the far fringes of an idea as long as it's <clears throat> a... a you know, well-thought-out opinion. Who gives a crap? If it's what you think makes the most sense. But um, Jordan Love had made a comment about his personality in terms of, you know, he's, he's like a unique guy. Well, does that mean he's maybe not very well-liked in the locker room? Maybe, I mean, it could be a Zadarius Smith situation where maybe the guys don't really respect Jair. But then at the same time, he said the guys backed him to go out there. And I think you could, honestly, based on the way Jair said what he said, you could reasonably guess that maybe Jair was kind of pushed into doing it. Maybe he was talked into doing it from some of the guys. And then you got Aaron Jones posting the, the clip of that essentially in support of Jair. So it doesn't seem like he's really being ostracized. And it wasn't like the players didn't vote for him. So, eh, I don't know. 
you know, similar to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, obviously there are going to be some people that like him and some people that don't, especially when you're a polarizing personality, that's going to be the case. So, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to give you my, my perspective on some of these because some of them I just don't know. I don't have any real thought, I guess, at this particular point in time on those specific issues, but it just goes to show like how you can end up at such completely opposite points with, with different people on this particular issue. But the idea that it's not severe, I also really don't like. Like, oh, you guys are just blowing this up. Bro, a, the Green Bay Packers suspended one of their premier players against a division rival with the playoffs still within range. Give me an MFing break, okay? We've got Devondre Campbell speaking out against the team. You have Jair speaking out against Joe Barry. You have, again, Devondre Campbell's wife continually liking posts that are anti sort of the team and Joe Barry. And I, I know I keep bringing her up, but it's, it's not a bad example because I believe genuinely that it is a reflection of Devondre Campbell's position on things. So in my mind, it is Devondre Campbell may as well be liking these posts. I am not going to pretend that this is not a big issue. Now, big could mean a lot of different things as well. It's, it's a big issue insofar as, at the very least, two people are very unhappy. But on the flip side, we know that there are guys that are happy. A lot of the people on offense, I'm, I, I have seen no issues with. In fact, you go through the team, very few people you've seen issues with. So how big is it? Is it two? Is it four? Is it seven? Is it nine? Is it just a Joe Barry issue? Is it an interpersonal issue between some of the players, perhaps? Is it a Matt LaFleur issue, which would be more serious if it's a bunch of guys and it's also Matt LaFleur and Gutekunst and the organization and all this stuff? Now it becomes a massive, massive problem. I don't know. But what I do know is that the the speaking out of players is a big deal. And the the suspension of a player based on conduct detrimental to the team is something that basically never happens. I don't know the last time the Green Bay Packers suspended a player. In fact, let's see if we can find out. Remember, there's a difference between the NFL and the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Jones was suspended for uh, marijuana by the NFL. That doesn't count. Geronimo Allison, NFL for substance abuse. Latroy Guyon, same thing. Substance abuse suspended by the NFL. Mike Pinnell, same thing. Just going back in time, looking at all the different suspensions here. I'm looking. I'm not. I, I'm working on it. Well, I've put enough time into that. I, I, I keep going down these rabbit holes and I get stuck and it's just, I, I got nothing, man. I can't, I can't find it. Bottom line, it's a big deal. All right, why don't we take our first break? We're flying through already. There's no way we're getting, we're getting anything done. Um, we'll come back and I want to get to that uh, radio interview between Homer and uh, Wildy. Hilariously, they actually brought up my tweet, which was pretty funny. But uh, it's only 12 and a half minutes long. However, with my commentary, it's going to take a while. So bottom line is Homer is, as, as you know, because I already came out and, and had some comments about Homer early on. And to be fair, he was more right than I probably thought he was in terms of there being an issue. But he's already wrong insofar as he said he would never, you know, Jire would never play a snap here. So I am not as far as Homer to that side. Major issues, like everything's done, trade Jair, it's all over, whatever. Jason Wildy is on the other side of the argument, which is more of the, uh, I guess, calm down, relax, not a big deal kind of side of things. But we'll take a break, we'll come back, and we'll work our way through that real quick. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. 
So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Everybody on the planet Earth should get information about the backers from Jason Woolley as often as possible. Go to all the sites for social media. Good evening, Jason. Don't go to social media. Just listen to me talking to you or talking to Tausch or read it in Madison.com. How are you, Homer? I'm fine. You can also go to WisconsinOnDemand.com and uh, follow and get back all of uh, Jason's appearances. They have a site for you, don't we? Is it green and gold, or do we have a Jason site? There's a Jason Willie site. Jason Willie site. Can't wait to hear what you say about Jair Alexander. The only thing I've added since we talked is I'm certain he did it to guarantee he'd get traded. Okay, immediately off the bat. um, I mean, we're we're, we're getting into, like, Aaron Aaron Rodgers' territory where, like, these kinds of speculations are happening. Now, again... Maybe that's true. Maybe he wants to be traded, and so he did it. I don't think so. Again, it, it's kind of a simplest ex- explanation makes is, is the one you should go with, or whatever. However, however you phrase that, um, it, it the players and coaches largely have have given us the answers. The bottom line is he's taking a tack that is more everybody is lying, and I kind of have the answers. I think if you look at what people have said, I, I don't think that makes the most sense. Maybe, but I don't think so. For example, what did he say? I wanted to be captain because I am from Charlotte. That's what I wanted. And the players supported me in the decision to go out and do it. And again, they allowed him to make the call and everything else. It's not a matter of like somebody else had to make the call and Jair like pushed him out of the way. He's like, screw you, I'm doing it, man. Right? So this was sort of a a team effort. So unless the team isn't involved in this effort, 
and grand conspiracy to get him traded because he wants it and they want it for him so bad. And so they concocted this idea and then they concocted a backstory behind it as far as, well, it's because I'm from Charlotte and I wanted to do it. And again, Jair is now posting pictures of him like fist bumping Matt LaFleur, which is kind of a weird thing to do if you're trying to cause problems so that you can get traded. I also don't think he's going to get traded because of the contract, which doesn't necessarily have to factor in, but I feel like Jair is smart enough to know that. So again, fine if that's what you think it is, but that absolutely doesn't make the most sense to me. You don't want to play here anymore? This will make sure it happens. Yeah, it certainly doesn't. Well, and that's not true either. This doesn't make sure that that happens. This is just what it made sure is that you got a one-game suspension. And then you're coming back to play next week. That's that's what we know of so far. Now, if we find out that he's doing crazy stuff um, and, you know, whatever, you know, you, I mean, he could easily rush to social media right now and say FTP, right? Or FGB, F Green Bay, the Packers, whatever. I mean, if you want to guarantee you're not going to be back, that would be one way to do it, right? So, yeah, uh, no, not I'm not going down that path. Uh, hurt his chances if that's what he wants. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think he, uh, I think he's frustrated. I think he's. Yeah. I don't think he's. Um, how do I say this? In kind of the feeling I get, I don't think he's the most most connected guy. Like in the locker room, in terms of like. You know, there's some players that are kind of the social butterfly. The they're tight with a bunch of other guys. I think he's kind of a little bit off to the to the side a little bit, and kind of is you know <clears throat> moves to the beat of his own drum. Um, Jordan Love used the term uh, "Jaws a unique personality." Um, what does that so, mean? Uh, you know, he's, he's a different cat, man. That's what it means. No, but you can unique to me can be good. It can be unique and can be selfish. It, uh, I would say from Jordan Love, unique could very easily be a cover for not uh, being negative at all about uh, Jair. But I don't know that the case. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I think what I dislike about that is like you're, you're clearly stating a case of what you think that that means. That's fine. Then, then first of all, stand on it. Second of all, give us some more reason as to why you think that, rather than just, you know, I'm just, all I'm. I don't know. I'm just presenting one option and nothing else. Like, well, there's a lot of different options that that could mean. Um, I mean, he's different. Okay. Like, I, I don't. I think. I think it becomes a negative when uh, there are incidents like what happened um, on Sunday in Charlotte. And, you know, I thought it was interesting. You know, there was, I saw you know, Kurt Benkert and other people suggesting, well, you, you suspended him for going out to the coin toss and getting the call right. No, that's not what happened here. Like, that, he... Right, and Wildy's right about this. There are so many people focused on the coin toss that he could have botched it, and that's the problem. That has nothing to do with it. I think I said this yesterday. It has nothing to do with it. It's, it's the blatant disregard and disrespect that, that he just decided he was going to do this. That's the issue, and apparently compounding with other issues that have been going on with him, of which we don't really know what that means. He made himself a captain. 
Like he was pissed that Matt LaFleur didn't make him a captain uh, for a game that Matt LaFleur didn't know if he was going to play in or not. Because he hadn't played in the last six, so why would he think... Which is another important part of this. Um, Because I've seen other people say, well, he should have known. He should have known he was from Charlotte. And I forgot who said it, but it was like, you know, the the assistant who was in charge of this should be fired. I think it might have been Mike Wall or something like, dude, freaking calm down. He was he was going on a thing about how they, they should have known and they should have made him captain, but whatever. So according to Wildy, they, they decide who the captains are on Friday. Matt LaFleur did not know if Jair was going to be playing and had no reason to believe that he was going to be playing. And for everybody, he's like, oh, yeah, right. He knew. Bullcrap. What happens every single time that we talk to Matt LaFleur about injuries? He's I don't know. The training staff and the doctors make those determinations. The coach does not. He finds out before they go out to practice who's able to practice and to what degree. And then he just tells them what they're doing for practice. That's it. The, the doctors inform him, and he got word, kind of last minute, that he is going to be good to go. And it's like, all right, cool. Welcome. But at that point, it had been several days since the captains had been determined. He was going to play on Sunday. They picked their captains on Friday. Matt LaFleur picked three other guys. Uh, then Ja decided he was healthy enough to play, and he felt like he could play through the injury this week when he couldn't which, by the way, flies in the face of a lot of people that said he would never play and that the injury is being exaggerated and he's not actually hurt. He just doesn't want to play for the team anymore. I mean, it's still to some degree maybe possible, but it blows up in your face if your whole thing was he's not he's doing this because he's not going to play. Why did he play? Why is he suddenly playing? Maybe it's because he actually was hurt and he's waiting to get healthy. Maybe that has something to do with it. Now, again, could he have come back earlier? I don't know. Maybe. But it sounds to me, at least the way Wildy's laying this out, as though Jair had some hand in determining that he was okay, which means he could have also been not okay if he had decided that that was the case. Right? So there you go. A week earlier, and Matt LaFleur didn't immediately make him a captain. And so he decided, I'm going to go out there anyway. I'm assuming Jair never asked his head coach if he could be a captain. Uh, yeah, I I don't I can't say that with 100 percent certainty, but I'm fairly confident that's the case. Yeah. Which again, and, and by the way, that is an important question. Either way, it's a problem. It becomes a bigger problem if Jair talked to Matt Lafleur and Matt's like, "Look, I, I just let's just leave it. You know, it's already done. We already have it set. Just just." Go get ready for the game, you know? And then he decides, I'm going to do it anyways. At that point, it's a bigger and even higher level of disrespect that Matt LaFleur didn't address, which makes that an even bigger problem. So I'm hoping that nothing came up to Matt LaFleur, because that just makes it worse for Matt LaFleur, in my opinion. And underscores the you know the communication and Matt LaFleur. You know, Matt LaFleur said a couple of interesting things, in my opinion, uh, when we talked to him. Uh, he, he did have a line where he said there's standards that we're all held accountable for, and when they're not met, unfortunately, sometimes you've got to take some drastic measures, which I thought was an interesting choice of words. Uh, I brought up to him what Jair had said to me last month about uh, we don't really talk, him and LaFleur, and LaFleur said um, obviously it's been a very frustrating year for him, but I want to make this perfectly clear. This had nothing to do with him not being able to play. And then later on, his quote, which I thought was telling, I am absolutely confident that the relationship between me and Jair 100% will be better for this. I really believe that. 
We had a great conversation this morning. I'm looking forward to having uh, him back as part of this football team and being a big part of it moving forward. I would be. Let me- so let's, let's touch on those as best as I can remember. Um, it does sound like there has been some issues between Jair and Matt LaFleur based on the comments that Matt LaFleur made. You don't say things like, I believe, I mean, you, you can, you can say, I believe that we'll be stronger through this, you know, in, in a sort of blanket. It's just an odd comment. If there's no issues, it's possible that it's like, we're, we're at a 10 and I think we're going to be at an 11 now. Yeah, eh, maybe, but I don't think so. As far as his comments about it being a frustrating year, it, I would assume that has to do with his injuries. Doesn't have to be, but that's one of those just like, nah, I'm not going to read too much into that. I, I think that very easily could be explained as Matt LaFleur saying it's been very frustrating because he hasn't been able to get out there. He hasn't been able to play. And when he's been playing, it hasn't exactly been to his standard, potentially, possibly, maybe because of the the injury. Also, I think there's been a lot of frustration between him and Joe Barry, which has already been kind of laid out, right? Jair last year came out and talked about his frustration not being, for example, able to cover Justin Jefferson and being frustrated about that. That was early in the season, maybe even like week one. And he comes out immediately upset with Joe Barry and how he was used, which then Joe Barry seemingly switched the scheme, which also didn't fix the problem. So then we switched it back, which number one makes obviously the idea that changing the scheme is going to fix things uh, not correct. But also I think Joe Barry's an idiot for doing that because you don't just do that. So I don't know. The, the the whole thing is is a mess. But um oh oh and the, the very first comment from Jair about uh Matt LaFleur is we don't really talk. That's a big deal. Right? I mean it is. Look, I mean I, there there's an aspect of I want Matt LaFleur to be tougher. But there's also an aspect of like just having a good relationship and you would assume that if Matt LaFleur is lacking on the sort of sort of quote unquote toughness side of things, which again is 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 a it's it's not a nice thing to say. I'll acknowledge that. And so you, it shouldn't be said lightly. You shouldn't just throw it around unless you genuinely believe it. But I'm I'm at a point now where I've seen enough things to where I genuinely believe it. And again, it goes back to what I've that that one incident is what started it all in his first year that I've referenced many times when the guys blatantly disrespected him by going out and breaking curfew and then he decided to address it by flying out later to games after that, rather than just going head-to-head with these guys and saying, no, we're flying out Friday, and if you effing do that again, you will be deactivated. And I'll go talk to Goody, and I'll get you freaking traded. Instead of that, he runs from it. He hides from the issues. It's pathetic. And it's been years of this. These types of little things that keep popping up. But but again, then you look at it on the other side, it's like, but, but he's like everybody's buddy. You know, he's a nice guy and whatnot. But but now you hear this, and it's like, you don't even talk to your guys? So you're not even like on the other side be doing like nice. So, so now I'm getting a different picture of Matt LaFleur. And again, I'm going deep into the, the well here based on one little comment. But it's just it's just exploring something that I've never explored before and just kind of stashing it away in the back of my mind so that you can kind of, you know, think about other things that have happened and see if it kind of checks the box or not. Or as things move forward, see if it kind of fits into this bucket or that bucket. But the different picture is, you know, I'm I, now I'm thinking of Matt LaFleur as what the heck was the name of that podcast, the coaches thing or whatever? I don't know. But how all these guys were, they're a bunch of nerds and they they sit in their their their, their desks and they're drawing up all these things. They're like hardcore, just like game and film and tape people. And again, we all love that about Matt LaFleur. Some of us hate that about him, but, or say he's not good at it. Regardless, I'm, I'm, I'm now getting a picture of a guy that just really is not connected to people. He doesn't like the confrontation aspect. 
but it, it doesn't seem to be a super strong relational aspect. I mean, maybe when he's out there on the field, you know, we see him fist bumping, we see all that stuff. I don't know. Again, I'm just I'm just trying to run it through my memory bank to see, like, does this fit or is this just something unique to Jair? I don't know. But are there, like, time, like, does he reach out to these guys at all during the season? Or is it just like, we talk when it's scheduled to talk, like in meetings or in practice or whatever? Because look, I mean, at the very least, and, you know, obviously it's hard to talk to everybody, but at the very least, talk to your superstars, man. You know, build those relationships. Obviously, right now we'd be talking about Jordan Love. You need to be in constant contact with Jordan. And not necessarily just about scheme every second. I mean, that's the most important thing, and he's got to know the tape and the film. But, you know, like, how are you doing? How are you handling this stuff? What are some issues? You know, are there any locker room problems that I need to be made aware of? How are you handling the leadership role? I know that's tough. But if you could speed that up, because I really don't want to shoulder that burden anymore. (laughs) You know, Jair and Bakhtiari and Rashawn Gary. I mean, you know, I understand it's awkward because, you know, you're, you're probably not the number one person they want to hang out with, but just do it. You know, text them. Guys like Jair shouldn't be saying things like, we don't really talk. I just, I, 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 I listen, I'm, I'm speaking from, from somebody who's never played in the NFL, and I understand that there are probably, you know, I don't, I, I'm, Mike Tomlin probably isn't like buddy-buddy with all his, his guys either. I'm, I'm just saying, it's just, it's not how I pictured it, I guess. In other words, my, my, what I thought it was before, now the information I'm getting, it's not that anymore. So now my, it's my obligation to change it, but I'm kind of just floating in space and I'm kind of bouncing off stuff. I don't, I don't have a firm foundation or understanding of what's going on anymore. And again, maybe it's just Jair that he doesn't talk to. I don't know. But it's, it's crazy that Jair made the comment that we don't really talk. And I don't remember that, but Wilde obviously does and brought it up. And I think it's relevant. It's relevant to Matt LaFleur. It's relevant to the relationship between Matt LaFleur and Jair. And I'm not a huge fan of hearing it. And the relationship thing, again, it could mean a couple different things, but I think he was saying that was in relation to the comment about them not talking. So now it's like guaranteed that what he meant is that the relationship wasn't great, but this will this will help us. And I think that's fair because, again, Jair and, and uh, the coach did have to sit down and talk. And I think that's important because, look, listen... Even if you don't like the like day-to-day checking in, like that's whatever. But when there's problems like this, there needs to be something. Because a lot of times what happens, you see this especially like in the workplace or whatever, when the boss kind of like re- removes himself or anybody sort of removes themselves from the group, you know, there's always these little directives that come down. You get, you know, do this and change this and da 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 And you just get annoyed. Like it should be done this way. And why are we doing this? And who could be doing that? And the point is like, it's allowed to fester amongst the group. And without like a, a relief valve or somebody to check in with to bounce these things off of, somebody that is approachable enough that, that you can talk to and be like, why are we doing this? Because there might be a very good reason, right? But, but you know, and this can happen in relationships too, or if you don't talk to each other, you start to build up stuff in your head. And then when you finally do talk together, it's explosive, right? It's this big argument. And then you feel like an idiot because you said all this really terrible stuff and she just said all this terrible stuff to you. So now you're pissed and you're going back at her. But then when you really boil it down, it's like, oh, shoot, I was, I over-exaggerated. Like, I thought this, and it turns out it was just that, and I wish I didn't say all that stuff because I didn't know, but you just allow yourself to spin up. And it feels like a locker room that's starting to spin up, and it needs something. And so this probably was good because Jair had the ability to speak to these guys, and these guys had the ability to speak to Jair, and I think there needs to be more of that. Devondre Campbell needs to be heard on these issues, right? I mean, seriously. The fact that it's like they they just grumble to each other 
and then get pissed off and then run to social media. They should be running to Matt LaFleur or running to Gutekunst, you know, open door policy. Like, dude, talk to me. Tell me. Like, you know, I say some stupid stuff. Like, I went to the podium. They're asking me these questions. I don't want to ask their, answer their stupid effing questions anymore. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. And so I just I just say some stupid crap. Like, and, and if I said something the wrong way, just come tell me and I'll clarify it. Like, I'll, I'll tell you what I think of you. I think you had a bullcrap game this past week. You did. But I also know you're hurt, and I also know that you're coming off this thing, and I know that there are scheme issues, and I know that there are communication issues, and I know it's not all your fault, and we'll, we'll go through that. So, you know, but maybe that's why these things are ready to explode, because there is no communication outside of, like, the little frickin' bubbling cauldron in the, in the locker room right now. Again, I don't know, but it, it's that's the feeling I'm getting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having uh, him back as part of this football team and being a big part of it moving forward. I would be. Let me ask you, for- Jay. I don't think Lafoy had anything to do with that. I think he was told what to do. No, why do you say what? Because if it, it wouldn't have taken three days, it would have taken ten minutes, five minutes. The violation that all players spoke of and all teams have spoken of doesn't take three days, does it? Well, one day was Christmas. One day was whatever. He could have thought it at five minutes after. There's a reason to believe he should have never played. This is the NFL. That argument. They. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, So you don't think I'm right? No, I think they waited until he was coming into work on Wednesday. Okay. The players were off for Christmas and for yesterday, so I think what they did was. They had practice this afternoon. They had their players come in a little bit late. They had him come in early and inform him they were suspending him. I am, I am pretty sure that they had made that decision long before this morning, and they waited until they informed him to actually make it official. They didn't. They weren't going to leak it to rap sheet that he was being suspended because they already have enough issues with him. But I would say this: I think Matt Lafleur probably said at some point, "Look." I, I understand you thought you should have been a captain. Well, why don't you blank and come talk to me about it? You don't just go out there. I mean, we had you were active 90 minutes before the game. You knew where I was. I was in the locker room. Um, come to me and say, hey, coach, you know, I know you couldn't make me a captain because you didn't know if I was going to play, but since I am playing, can I go out there for the coin toss? This is my hometown. I've never played at Bank of America Stadium, but I'm willing to bet he did not do that. And so... Like there, the, the most important thing that I got from all of this was Matt LaFleur was asked specifically if, if, if Alexander was being suspended for what he did in that game or if that was merely the final straw. And his quote was, I'll just say this, it's never for one thing. The funny thing about that quote is a lot of times it's just one thing. So it's a throwaway line, but it's not true. So he basically just said it was for more than one thing. Like, it's, it's, it's never just one thing. No, it's one thing a lot of times. Like, so, for example, as I was going back and looking at suspensions, one of the ones that came up um, was back in, what, 85, 86, when the Green Bay Packers guy freaking slammed, um, what's his name, the Bears quarterback, and jacked them all up. He got suspended by the NFL. It was just the one thing. <laughs> Right. Aaron Jones got suspended. You know what for one thing? I mean, I think he was speeding, too. So maybe it was technically two things. But most of the time, it's one thing. So it's never just one thing. That's that's stupid and not true. So just say, no, it's more than one thing. 
there have been issues with him for quite a while. Probably some that are, definitely some that I don't even know what they are. And this was the straw that broke the cornerbacks back and got him suspended. And so I don't think that they were indecisive. I don't think Matt LaFleur was told by Goody that uh, they were suspending him. I would tell the Packers that if I was writing their press release, uh, I would have said, I would have made it a joint statement between Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst. So you couldn't wonder if it was, if Matt LaFleur was involved or not. I think everybody thinks Matt Le- First of all, and my tweet is about to come up, but none of this really makes any sense. The the decision very clearly was a joint decision, right? A bunch of people got together, and maybe people were leaning different ways. I have no idea how they were leaning, but at the end of the day, the decision was made to suspend him. And 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 you know, although it's possible that Matt Lafleur vehemently, you know, was screaming, "No, we can't allow this to happen," and he got overruled by Murphy and Gutekunst. I, I don't know, and it's it's not super relevant. And and making it a joint press conference wouldn't change anything. Saying that the decision was made and it's a joint statement by Gutekunst and, and LaFleur, so what? It was a Mark Murphy decision that got handed down to Gut then and, and LaFleur then. I mean, we, we can twist it any way we want. That doesn't fix anything. Anyways, I don't know if we're going to get through this whole thing, but why don't we take a break? He's about to reference my tweet that he didn't like very much, apparently, and talk more about, you know, this notion that Matt LaFleur is soft being wrong. And this is where I switch from being more on Wildy's side and not Homer's side to being on Homer's side and not Wildy's side. Because I think we're going way too far in the other direction. And I think there's plenty of evidence to back up what I'm saying. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Here's what bothers me. I think everybody thinks Matt LaFleur is a wuss. And so, oh, he must not have suspended him. It might have been Goody. Like, I saw somebody, Tosh sent me one tweet about that, you know, Matt LaFleur is like your mom saying, wait till your father gets home. I don't think that's the case. That was me. Case. Like, okay. I think Matt LaFleur gets pissed plenty. And probably barks at guys plenty, but I don't think that that's his leadership style. Just because he's not big and scary like Mike Holmgren once was, doesn't mean that he's an ineffectual leader in that locker room. Pause. First of all, again, I don't know what that means. He does bark at guys, but it's not his leadership style to bark at guys. I don't know what that means. Um, And it doesn't mean he's ineffectual. It does, because we're watching right now guys don't respect him. So what are you talking about? It's not ineffective. It, it is ineffective. It doesn't work. They don't trust him. They don't believe in him. They don't play for him. They, 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 they have no problem walking all over him, and Matt LaFleur does nothing about it, and we know that for a fact. Yes, I've seen him on the sideline yell and scream and, and like, oh, you, you ran the wrong way. It's not what I'm talking about. So, again, I, I, I don't know what any of this means. I would argue that- Especially since it's, it's just as much speculation. I, I bet he does bark and scream, and I bet this, and I bet that. and I, bet, I don't care what you bet. Tell me something. That they probably have probably. You know, moments where he's got to chew guys' asses out, and he probably does it. Probably. Wait, I mean, what was even said there? He probably does this, and he, he probably yells at guys, and he probably, even though that's not his style, he probably does do the thing that's not his style, and he probably has to yell at guys. And he pro- What are you talking about? He, he probably has a pilot's license. Like, I would just say, putting probably in front of things that are just random and we have no idea if it's true. Okay. Um, so the, the release... But you don't sound like you're accepting that. Are no, I mean, I don't care what he says. He can say his actions show that, that... Exactly right. Exactly right. It just... It, it, 
Well, whatever. We'll continue. He's soft. He's a, he's a very smart offensive coordinator. I don't think he has much leadership as a head coach at all. Um, but, you know, he runs the offense. Somebody else runs the defense. And and the fact that, that this is all on Jair because Jair's like Jair. No, Jair doesn't do it if he has a, a, a certain head coach. Exactly right. Do you think Jair would do this with if Mike Tomlin was his coach or Bill Belichick? No chance in the world. And we'll talk about Mike Tomlin in a minute. It didn't, it didn't even cross his mind to deal with the head coach. I'm doing what I do. Like, you wouldn't think of asking him? And, and when did LaFleur well, realize? When did LaFleur realize? Why is that not a problem? What? First of all, Wildy, it can be both. It's both. It's a Jair problem that he would be willing to do it. It's a Matt LaFleur problem also that he doesn't fear any repercussions. And it's also a Matt LaFleur problem that nothing was done when he came back to the sideline. Why can't it be both? Because it is. Why is that a LaFleur problem? My question is, why is that like, not? I mean, if, if there's a little kid running up and down the aisles, let's, and let's not even say little, let's say he's 10 years old. He's running up and down the aisles screaming. He's like, you know, hitting people. He's, you know, grabbing food off the shelves and throw it on the ground. Is that a parenting problem or is that a child problem? It's both. The child's a little bastard. He's a little jerk. He's responsible for his actions. But also, he wouldn't be acting this way if he had parents that didn't suck at being parents. It's both. Not a Jair problem, and that's a LaFleur is too soft problem. That's it is both. because I think Where that, is that, his that he, well, no, he has responsibility, but his actions tell me they had no concern or fear right. or thought about LaFleur at all. And most players would. Based on what they think of the coach, based on the impact of the coach, based on the standard that the coach has set. Right. And none of that crossed Jair's mind at all. When did Lef- and, and what was his quote? Did, did anybody say anything to you when you went back to the sideline? No. Why would they? That was his quote. He, it, it, it wouldn't even cross his mind that anybody would even dare to talk to him about this. Like, what a crazy thing to even think that anybody would come reprimand me for just doing whatever I want. Lafleur find well, what, out that what, that he was like, that he was about, a captain. When did Lafleur find out he was a captain? That he went he was out there on Friday. No, no. When did he oh, find he out that Lef- oh, that that when that Jerry went going out there? There you go. When he saw him going out there is when Lafleur found out. Okay. Does not everything you've heard since make you wonder why he let him play? Well, I don't think you. If you make the guy active, and- so so here's the funny part. I keep interrupting, but here's the funny part. I don't think you even need to go to that extreme necessarily. But the fact that that's like the farthest extreme that I think I could even necessarily take down if I wanted to, Wildy can't even get away from that. I mean, (laughs) so we're not even to the part where it's just like he should have at least said something. No, I want you to tell me why he shouldn't have just completely sat him down for the rest of the game. And then the defense or the, the thing that Wildy says makes no sense in light of the fact that they just suspended him. He's one of the best players in football, and you haven't had him for six weeks. And now he goes out there for the coin toss when he's not supposed to. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why wouldn't you bench him for the rest of the game? Because he's one of your best players and because he's been inactive for six weeks or whatever. Okay, none of that changes today, and they just they just shut him down for next week. So what are you talking about? Matt LaFleur had the ability to... T- this, is, this is the whole point. He's saying, no, it's not true that Matt LaFleur wouldn't have done this. Matt LaFleur could have done this unilaterally by himself in this game. He didn't do it. 
Now, again, you you could you could easily say, well, he didn't want to rush to it. He wanted to, you know, talk it over with Gutekunst and, and whatever and make sure that it wasn't too rash of a decision. But again, kind of a BS response anyways, because that's your job to make the right decisions immediately. And apparently the right decision for this manner of action is to shut him down. That's how serious it is. But yet Matt LaFleur, when he had the opportunity to not just shut him down, but to at least reprimand him, to, to, to talk to the guy, he wouldn't even do that. So you're telling me he was the one like leading the charge. He went into Gutekunst's office and he said, get Mark Murphy in here. And when they all talked and he's like, I want that piece of garbage. I want him suspended. And they're like, whoa, Matt, calm down. You're a little crazy. No, I'm not going to tolerate the disrespect anymore. I'm not doing it. I, I, give me a break. That's not what happened. I don't think you necessarily want to bench him at that point. You want to deal with it afterward. Here's my question. So let's, why don't we use Antonio Brown as an example? Let's and please. what happened with him in Pittsburgh? Like mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin, I wouldn't cross Mike Tomlin, right? right? But this guy was willing to. Now, most other players were not. You know what happened to Antonio Brown? The first time he actually stepped out of line, because remember, he went kind of crazy we didn't even know he was really crazy until the end, which is a, an, a, a uh, it was talked about a lot is how much you should respect Mike Tomlin for the fact that he was able to rein this guy in for so long. Nobody even knew he was a head case. Maybe he had a head injury that came later. I don't know, but I pulled up this little article here. This is from the New York Post. It is a complete timeline of Antonio Brown's NFL career because I wanted to kind of see like all the issues and how they were dealt with. So September 19th, 2010, he had his NFL debut. February of 2011, first shot at a championship. Then we go down to January 2017, cracks in the foundation. So this is the first time there were actual issues with Antonio Brown and players. As far as I know, I mean, as far as like things being public, Brown broadcast the Steelers locker room celebration on Facebook Live following a divisional round win over the Chiefs, despite quarterback Ben Roethlisberger and Ramon Foster asking otherwise. So not that big of a deal. They asked him to please not live stream it. And he's like, I'm going to live stream it anyway. Mike Tomlin went to the media and said he was selfish and foolish. So pretty minor infraction. And he goes out and slams him to the media. Okay, so that's a little bit different. That's not what we get here. December 18th, Pittsburgh loses patience. Apparently, in practice, Antonio Brown threw a ball at a player. That's it. Sounds like a pretty minor infraction to me. What happened? The Steelers deactivated Brown for week 17. What did I say at the beginning of this show? The owners suspend, the GM will cut, release, or trade, the head coach has the power to deactivate. In other words, you are not active on my roster. This was a head coaching decision. Antonio Brown threw a football at a teammate, and Mike Tomlin deactivated him for the next game. That was a week 17 game, and this is back in 2018 when I'm pretty sure we only had 17 weeks. So this is the final week of the season. And then February 2019, the end in Pittsburgh. Brown meets with the Steelers' Art Rooney, and both agree that they need to move on in part ways. So yeah, he was a big personality. He obviously didn't get along with a lot of players, which is common. He's obviously a little bit of a head case. But any time it came to a head, we had two instances that I'm aware of. There's the, and both of them were relatively minor. I guess it depends what you think. I mean, throwing a football at a player... In practice, I mean, I feel like that's a common occurrence. You know, fights and scuffles and things like that. I mean, he didn't even even throw a punch at the guy. He didn't, you know, whatever. He broadcasted live on Facebook, and the coach called him foolish and selfish. He threw a football at a guy, and they benched him. Tomlin benched him. And then after that year, the owner said, we got to part ways. So it doesn't sound to me 
like Antonio Brown was just walking all over Mike Tomlin. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But Antonio Brown certainly was willing to do that, right? Okay, give the give the particulars on Antonio Brown. He went off the deep end because he wasn't picked as the team's MVP. He, like, went crazy and was completely disrespectful to Mike Tomlin. But is that because Mike Tomlin is – no one would say Mike Tomlin is soft. Look, I'm not – But but here's the thing. There's a difference between somebody and, – and I understand his point because uh, Homer said nobody would even dare to go, you know, whatever. Okay, fair enough. So, so Antonio Brown did dare, and I'm sure there are people who have dared – to talk back to Bill Belichick. The question is, how do you deal with it to make sure that it doesn't happen again? There's a difference between nipping it in the bud and saying, you will never do this to me again and setting an example so that nobody ever does it again, except some freaking basket case that ends up getting traded away the next year because we don't tolerate that here in Pittsburgh. Um, and then other instances where you don't say anything. And so suddenly now you have multiple people speaking out. You have all these different things happening. You have a guy walking out on the field and you don't even address it. And it, it becomes this thing where it's going to continue to get worse unless you can freaking man up and take care of these issues. So that would be my distinction. It's not necessarily that nobody would ever cross Tomlin. Of course somebody would. And I'm sure many people have. The question is how you deal with it is going to determine whether other people are going to get to the point where they're going to dare to do it too or if they're just going to learn and keep their mouth shut. Defending the fact that there's a, there, that this player specifically uh, believes that he can do whatever the hell he wants. And there is, there is certainly a conversation to be had about to what degree has Matt LaFleur okay. allowed a player like that right. to think And that. let me emphasize the thing with LaFleur today says there were other issues, Correct. Right. Sure. There weren't other issues when he found out Sunday that he went out there as captain. So you have all these other issues upon which you basis in suspending him. But you don't bring up all the other issues when you think that LaFleur is thinking, I can't play this guy. Well, so you I don't don't understand. So like the fact that this was not enough for him to be suspended the way they presented it. It was a buildup of things. Well, if it was a buildup of no. things, all those things existed when he went out as captain, and it could very easily have influenced Lafleur to, to not play. Yes, you given all, given what Lafleur says, I think you'd be suspended uh, without ever needing all the other stuff. But because um, no one ever does this, and no one has done it in the twenty years you've done it. But even if you'd say that's too excessive, the fact that you had all these other things which you bring up in suspending him, wouldn't you easily have been able to bring up those things when you say I'm not playing him? Correct. Uh, I mean, I, I, I guess. Again, I, I you don't even have to go to that extreme, but he makes a point, and it's like. If if this is so absurd, you should be able to knock this down pretty quick. It would would be my thought. But he's he is making a good point, right? Let he he's you can't pretend that Matt Lafleur led the charge on this. In other words, he's the one that believes that he should not play based on all the prior data and what I just watched him do in front of my freaking face. And based on my assessment, he shouldn't play. However. I'm going to let him play, and I'm not even going to address it. I'm not even going to talk to him about it. And then later, I'm the one that led the charge and asked Gutekunst and Mark Murphy to please suspend him because I'm not going to tolerate it. Because again, not only could you have done it then, but you know what you can do? You can deactivate him. 
That's something you can unilaterally do as the head coach. I can deactivate him and he's not playing. He didn't get benched in that game. He didn't get deactivated. He got suspended. That comes from above. So this was not a unilateral decision by Matt LaFleur, and it wasn't even decided that he should be the one to exercise his power. So I, I, I genuinely believe, without actually knowing, based on the fact that he has been disrespected up to this point, he got his, his face spit in, and as that happened, he doesn't even make a comment to Jair. I find it very probable that they had a meeting. And who all was involved, I don't know. But I'm sure Murphy was there. I'm sure Gutekunst, Ball, and Matt LaFleur were there at the very least. There may have been some like security personnel involved in like, you know, things to do with suspensions and whatnot. I don't I don't exactly know the, the full process, but I genuinely believe that this was sort of they say handed down, but Matt's not the one that handed it out. So I think Matt was more or less informed that the team is going to do this because this should not be and cannot be tolerated. And had it not been done from above, nothing would have been done. Matt LaFleur would not have deactivated him for this game if the guys above him would not have suspended him. If this was not a decision done above his head, he would have done nothing about this. I'm very comfortable saying that. Because as Homer pointed out, he had the opportunity to do it on the spot. And the only reason you don't, the only reason is if you feel like you need to make such a drastic decision with the other people involved. And I understand that and I respect that, but you still had the opportunity to speak to him in a very harsh tone when he got back to the sideline. And not a single word was spoken to him. So I just have a hard time believing Matt LaFleur was all riled up and he really wanted to bench him, but he just was like, I'm going to wait and then I'm going to just not buying it. Sorry. Anyways, I I, I want to pivot off of that because I think we got the crux of it, right? Um, There's Homer's position, there's Wildy's position, and then there's kind of where I land on this. And, And I think all three generally acknowledge there are gaps in our understanding of what's going on. And all of us seem to think we're interpreting the information correctly. Although, again, I'm right and they're wrong. <laughs> the final thing I wanted to talk about, and I probably should save it for tomorrow, but I really I don't want to talk about Jair anymore unless some more crazy stuff happens, which I don't. I really want to just pivot tomorrow, if at all possible. So I asked a question. I just said, just curious, how many corners can you name that are better than Jair? Please drop them below for my review. And and I think some people um, really thought that this was like a Jair's the best corner in um, in the NFL post, which it is not, because they dropped like two or three names and are like, boom, now what? <laughs> it's like, okay, that would make him the fourth best if that's all you got. So, Okay. But um, I want to go through some of the names, and obviously not everybody can name everybody, and, and I do think that there are some options. I've done some work myself, um, just kind of looking into it, trying to see like which ones I would probably prefer, and there are definitely options. Now, rookies and guys with like one breakout year are iffy. Um, you can say that there's a good chance they end up with a better career, but I don't know. But I, I just I wanted to leave this up to others because people like to talk about it all the time. But it's like, give me some specifics. Give me a name. Give me somebody that is just better. And this is not just this year. This is over the course of years. And the biggest reason I'm doing this is because one of the factors that also gets missed is it's like, well, let's let's look at Jair for a second. His career, he's graded out 72, 72, 91, 73, 80, and then 65 this year where he's played just a handful of games, which obviously isn't great, but it is what it is. He also only played 227 snaps in 2021, so there was an, also an injury there, although he graded out fine. So if I'm looking for a player, I'm looking for a guy that has had five years straight 
of good play. If you want to say four and just disregard 2021 and 2023, that's fine because he was injured both years. Fine. Four years. But then it, then it just gets better because it's 72, 72, 91, and 80. Those are the four years that we have from Jair. So we have... Please shut Alexa. Shut the heck up. Can you do that? It just says shut the heck up. Okay, well, I'm guessing she gets it. She wrote the word, shut the heck, words up there. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it literally just says shut the heck up. <laughs> I don't know. We'll leave it. We'll see how it goes. So we got four healthy years out of Jair, which in and of itself, again, you know, two out of, you know, two years out of six, he's been injured. That kind of sucks. But the four, especially the last two, have been quite good. So if, if you're going to show me somebody, I need to see a lot of consistency. I also need to see, you know, it, like if, if I see a couple 60s in there, sorry, you're not as good. I also would like to see at least one year of proving you can be the best in football, which he was in 2020. Okay, so let's go through some of the names that were provided to me. Um, Sauce Gardner, Deron Bland, and Razul Douglas. I can do this off the top of my head. Sauce Gardner, 100%. I, I think he is maybe the one true lockdown corner in the NFL right now. We haven't had like a, a freaking, oh, I'm trying to think like the last time, like we had just a pure elite lockdown corner. I don't even know. It's been a while, but I think Sauce is that guy. And that's kind of cool. I'm glad to have, and it's, it's the Jets too, again, which Revis is the guy I was trying to think of. So it, it makes sense that it, it's the Jets because, you know, whatever. Deron Bland, no. Dude is fantastic right now, and he might end up having a, an amazing career in the NFL. He's in year two. As a rookie, though, he had a 66 grade. So if he can continue this, sure. But here's my problem. Deron Bland reminds me of the other Dallas corner that got drafted, you know, I think maybe even in the same year or the year before. And it was largely predicated on um, getting a bunch of interceptions and pass breakups. He has eight interceptions and six pass breakups. That is not sustainable. He's not going to be able to do that every year. And when those numbers go down, his grades go down. So that would be sort of my um, biggest issue. So if we look at, for example, the games in which he did not have an interception, his grades are 60, 60, 60, 70, 40, 80, 60, 70. So there's three good games that aren't propped up by picks. In the games in which he does have picks, and again, you'll get a couple picks, that's fine, but you got 75, 78, 92, 92, 87, 48 somehow, and 92. So we need to see, in fact, let me let me find the guy, uh, Trayvon Diggs. And by the way, he only had a 58 grade that year. He had 11 interceptions. So in his, in his first year, he only had three interceptions and a 62 grade. In 2021, he had 11 interceptions and nine pass breakups. And I said, he's never going to be able to do that again. The year after that, he had uh, three interceptions. This year, he only played two games, so whatever. He had three interceptions the next year and a 67 grade. So we need to see some consistency. Would I trade um, Jair Alexander? I'm not talking year for year because obviously Duran's, I mean, all things being equal. Would I trade Jair for Duran Bland? No. Razul Douglas, that's an easy one. No. Now, he's had a pretty decent career um, since he came to Green Bay. I mean, his grades were 64, 73, 52, and 60 prior to coming to Green Bay. Then it was a 74 and a 71. Those are, like, pretty low years for Jair. And then so far this year, he has an 81 grade. And it's like, well, that's obviously much better, and he's better in Buffalo, blah, blah, blah. He's been bad in Buffalo. He had a 96.3 grade against the Jets. Otherwise, it's 66, 67, 50, 67, 53, and 63. That's not good. Same with the Packers. Like, he had, you know, he got off to a pretty good start. 
Um, two out of his first three games were in the 70s, and then it was 50, 91, 50, and 40. The, the bottom line is he's had four good games, two elite games, and that's propping up his grade up to an 82. The vast majority of his games have been bad. No, I would not trade Razul for Jair. So Sauce Gardner is a yes. Let's make a list. Sauce Gardner, I would. All right, Packer Superfan provided a pretty big list here. Jalen Johnson, again, having a really good year. He is the number one graded uh, corner in football right now. There's a big problem that I have. Prior to this, it was 54, 64, and 63. No way in the world am I trading Jair grading out as a good to elite corner every single year for a guy that's having one year. Now, maybe this is his big breakout in year four is his big, massive breakout. Or maybe this is kind of a fluke year that a lot of guys have, and he's about to regress back to what he was. I'm not taking Jalen Johnson. Now, if he's able to continue this, fine. Devin Witherspoon, I'm not doing rookies. I mean, I, do I think Devin Witherspoon will have a better career? I think there's a good chance because the dude's awesome. I loved him in college. I would have loved to have had him here, here in Green Bay. He's having a great rookie year, but I'm not doing rookies. Jalen Ramsey's another one, and I think you could definitely make a case for Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they're honestly very similar through the first about five years or so because it's all 70s with 190 mixed in. But then he's got 84, 86, and 76. So he's been consistent for a longer period of time with more sort of high years, right? So he's got one year in the 90s. Jair has one year in the 90s. He has two years in the 80s. Jair has one. And then the rest are all 70s. And again, Jair is about the same, although he is in the 60s this year. Which again, he's injured and all that stuff. If he comes back and has like one game in the 90s, he's going to be in the 70s again because he hasn't played much. And as we've seen, I mean, even Jalen Ramsey, he's got two games in the 90s. The rest of his games basically suck. And he's got almost an 80 PFF grade. But would I concede Jalen Ramsey? Sure. I honestly think they're about equal, but Jalen's been doing it for longer, so I'll, I'll give it to Jalen. Brian Branch, uh, he's having a pretty good year based on three games. Every other game has been terrible. I mean, his grade's 60, 50, 80, 80. 50, 60, 40, 60, 60, 50, 60, 60, 80. Three good games, the rest are average to bad. But also, again, he's kind of a safety slash slot, and also he's a rookie. So mm, we'll see how it pans out. Asante Samuel. I mean, you could definitely make a case I'm pretty iffy on it, though, because it's, it's, I mean, it's identical. I mean, his first two years were bad, but he didn't really play. So we could scrap those. His last year, it looked like he was, he played about 500 snaps, which is probably around what Jair will have. It'll be in the 60s. That's Jair. He had one game in the 90s, just like Jair. The rest are all 70s, except for one game in the, or one season in the 80s. That's identical to Jair. Now, I could, I could be polite and just give this to you. But I specifically asked for better, and I think that this is just basically identical. So I'm not going to give that to you. Although, again, if you wanted to, you could. You could say the same for Jalen, but I, I would probably lean Jalen a little more. Asante Samuel, I mean, this is like identical. Stefan Gilmore, no. Um, he's had more highs by a little bit. He had a three-year stretch where it was 80, 90, 80. But he's got too many 60s. He has three years in the 60s. Now, he's got a lot more years total. He's been, I mean, he's been very good. He's a very good corner. There's no doubt about it. I would say it's close, but he's got, you know, it's 60, 60, 70, 70, 60. And then it was his three years of 80, 90, 80. And then it was 60, 70, 70, 70. I'm, I'm leaning Jair. Now you could look at it longevity wise and say, would you trade what you get from Stefan Gilmore for what you might get for Jair? Well, for all I know, we're trading him next year. I don't know. So I could give him the longevity thing similar to what I did with Jalen. But again, he's got too many 60s mixed in. Jair doesn't have that. He doesn't have a single year where he was healthy and graded in the 60s, not one. He has four. 
Legereus need absolutely not. 60, 60, 77, and 70. No chance. He, he doesn't have a single in the 80s. Plus, if you look at this year, 70.3, he's got some awful games. And the only reason he's even in the 70s, which is close, is because he has two games basically in the 90s. It's 40, 50, 60, 50, 60, 70, 70, 40, 40. Like he, 50% of his games are awful. There's actually two Patrick Sertan corners in here, so I, I got a little confused. I'm going to say no, though. Um, he had a great year in 2022, but his grades have been 60, 87, and 60. Now, so far this year, he's at 69.7. He might sneak up to a 70, but he has one good game this year, and that was week one. He hasn't have a single game in the 70s outside of that. So three years and only one of them is graded as, as good or better? Nope. I'm not giving it better to, to, to Patrick Sertan. Marcus Peters, again, not even close. He has way too many bad years. His his grades over the years have been 50, 70, 80, 60, 80, 60, 60, 60. So he's got three just dominant years. 2016 in Kansas City, 2017 in Kansas City, 2019 he was with LA slash Baltimore. Every other year, aside from those three, and he's been in the league for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years, and he's had three good years, no chance. He's a big name that gets way too much respect. Denzel Ward is a no. Um, he has two good years. I mean, you could even call it four if you wanted to, but it's 70-60, 70-60, No, I mean, it's not close. Even, even if we say, okay, well, 2023, they're both 60s. Well, okay. I mean, again, Jair is a little bit iffy considering he's hardly played, but fine. What about last year? 56 compared to Jair, what? What did he have last year? Uh, an 80.3? Jair is better than Denzel Ward. All right, Ronald Darby, still going with this list. That's an absolutely not. 70, 60, 70, 70, 40, 60, 60, 70, 60. Nope. How about big play Slay? Slay's a great player. And I'm, I borderline want to give you this one. Um, his first year was a 50. That's rough. But then it was 70, 70, 80, 80, 70. Then he had some rough years. 56, 62, 80, 70, 60. That's a real tough one. We're talking three years in the 80s. Jair has, well, two with one of them being, I mean, yet his, his best year was better than Slay's best year. I don't think I'm going to give it to you, but I think you could easily make a case. He has four years below a 70. Jair does not have that. And he has a higher upside than Slay. But, you know, again, at the, at, at the very best, you could put them in the same bucket. But I'm not looking at this saying I'd rather have this because I got a guy who can, who can some year just drop off to a 50-something. That's not Jair. I, 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 I believe because I've witnessed with my eyes when Jair is healthy, he is a very good corner. Slay has been healthy and been a bad corner. Jair's never done that. And then finally, he has Marshawn Lattimore, and that's an absolutely not. 80-70, 60-50, 70-60-60. In the last four years, he's had one good year. Marshawn Lattimore started off great. I mean, his rookie year was his best year, and I loved Marshawn Lattimore coming out. I love that whole draft class, you know, Marlon Humphrey and those guys. I, I, I loved Marshawn Lattimore. But after, I mean, after his first year, he just went straight downhill. And then he had a little resurgence in 2021. He went right back to what he was. No way in the world would I take Marshawn Lattimore over, um, over Jair. Um, Chris on Twitter adds uh, Diggs. I'm guessing it's Stefan Diggs. I already addressed that. I would not take Stefan Diggs. He has been graded out as a bad corner pretty much every year. He got overinflated because he had a bunch of picks. He's having a pretty good year this year, but I don't think he's playing very much, and that's the reason why. Uh, JJ adds Trent McDuffie. See, I think JJ understood the assignment. I, I, some of these names I think I identified as being pretty solid. Like, I think Kendall Fuller might be one of them. Uh, Trent McDuffie. Well, Trent McDuffie's two years. That's iffy. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. I, I would like to at least see three years. Um, 
I mean, it's nice. It's nice to have a 70 and an 80 in your two years. I mean, that's the, do I think he'll have a better year than Jair? I don't know. Or a better career? I don't know. It's hard to have consistency. That's the whole point of the assignment. It's hard to be consistent. He could be a 40 next year for all I know. And, and he is very inconsistent from game to game, which I think most guys are. But I just, I'm, I'm not going to give you that. No. I mean, Kendall Fuller is you, another one you could argue. Bad rookie year, elite second year. Then it was 70-70-60, 80-70-80. I mean, I don't know. I maybe should give you that one. He did have a healthy year below a 70, but it was a 68. That's pretty solid. He does have the 90 like Jair did. He has two 80s. All right, fine. I'll give you Kendall Fuller. I think it's very, very close. Um, Basically, again, we're talking basically in the same bucket. Charvarius Ward, no. Um, 60-60-60-70-80-80. I mean, you know... He seems to be doing a lot better in San Francisco, and maybe if we're just talking like if he can continue to be this way forever, he spent two years in San Francisco, it's 80-80, right? I mean, if he can do that every year, then yeah, he's going to end up being better than Jair. Um, But he's 27, we'll see how long he can continue that. And really, again, looking at this year, he had one game in the 90s, two that were like mid to high 70s, and that's it. I mean, it's all 60s. I think mostly it's consistently. It's it's He doesn't have a lot of 50s and 40s, although two of his last three games are 50s and 40s. So could he fall off? Of course. You take away this 90? In fact, let me just do that and see what it does. No, he still stays up a little bit. Um, but no, I don't. I would not do that. Uh, AJ Terrell, I think we looked at him already. Yep, we did. There we go. I think that's the one. DJ Reed, also a Jet. Now, it is a little bit iffy because he didn't really play in San Francisco the first two years. So we'd kind of remove those, but it's been four years, Seattle, Seattle, Jets, Jets, 75, 78, 72, 78. And even that's iffy though. You got the consistency. You don't have the 60s, but you don't have any 80s. You don't have any 90s. Would I trade this fifth round pick that's been consistently good for Jair that's consistently good, but also has elite upside? No, I wouldn't. So I take it back. I'm not putting him in. Uh, I see Carl mentioned Stingley. He's having a great year, but again, I just don't have a big enough sample size. Witherspoon, McDuffie, Gonzalez, you know, a lot of young guys. And that's the thing. Some of these guys will have great careers. You know, again, Marshawn Lattimore, elite rookie season, good second season, fell off the map. Uh, JC Horn technically does have three seasons, but it's 60, 70, 70. And and really it's only been one season. He's been hurt the other two. So I I definitely wouldn't put him in there. (laughs) Raymond Gum says, Joe Barry thinks Devondre Campbell and Preston Smith are, so... All right, who else we got? Uh, Bland, I already said no. Sauce, Witherspoon, Sneed, Stingley, Ward, Paulson Adebo, definitely not. Uh, he has an 81 grade this year based on four elite games from week seven to week 10. Last year, he had a 49 PFF grade and a 60 before that. No chance. Banks, I'm guessing he means Deontay Banks? Freaking yikes, dude. There's no way. The rookie for the Giants with a 51 grade? Come on, man. See, this is part of the thing I don't like. And I understand, like, you know, PFF is not the be-all, end-all. I I fully understand that. But I also think there's just people who, they know names, you know? And they just throw them out there, like, big names and this, that, or the other. And it's like, I don't think you actually know (laughs) what's going on out there. And you mentioned Tredavious White. And I've mentioned before, I mean, you want to talk about one of the most overrated guys in a while, this guy got so much hype over his first-round status and his rookie season uh, where he had an 89 grade that it's it's unbelievable. I mean, he had one good year since, and that was in 2017. It was 60-70, 60-60, 50-60. Come on, man. Tredavious White has gotten so much hype for no reason whatsoever. So anyways, um, 
Of the names that people gave me, and again, some of these are debatable. You can probably add some. Um, I think you could also take off Fuller, depending on what your standard is. I, th- I think Sauce is, um, and, and that's a little unfair because I did say three years and Sauce has two. I'm just putting him in anyways because the guy's so freaking good. I mean, we're talking like two years in the 90s. He's consistent like every single week. Um, you know, may, maybe that's not fair. I don't know. I'm. It's it's a somewhat subjective thing. I mean, everybody kind of sets their standard of what you're looking for. The, the point I'm trying to make, though, is I, I'm, I'm asking for names. Even if I add all the questionable ones, there's no doubt, if you look at over the last five years or so, that he's a top five corner. Top ten corner, for sure. And people are acting like he's not even in the top 32. Not even in the top 50. I mean, it's silly. Well, he's not playing well this year. No kidding. I fully understand. Listen, good Lord. Can you imagine how many great players would have ended up on different teams if it's like, oh, you had a down year because of an injury. You're cut. I mean, with the exception of, you know, Jalen Ramsey, pretty much everybody on this list would have been cut at some point. But again, the, the, the very, I mean, the, 72, 72, 91, 73, and 80 have been Jair's grades up until this year. Jair has only two times played two games in a row, weeks one and two. One of those games was good. Then he didn't come back until week five. He had a 65 or a 64 grade. Oh, shucks. He's been out for three weeks. He finally comes back for one game. He plays hurt, and he isn't elite. One target, one reception for 16 yards. What a bum. Then he plays weeks eight and nine. One of those is bad. One of them is good. His second week. Go figure. You know, he gets a little bit of time, kind of gets loose again. He actually has a good game. Then he goes out with injury again. He comes back for his first game and has a 62 grade. 68.5 coverage grade. I mean, I... It just, it just, it just kind of baffles me that we have such short memories, lady. If you don't shut up, it just, it just, I don't know. It just makes me sad, man. I mean, listen, the, the, and this is completely aside from the personality thing. Please understand that I am disconnecting them. There is a scenario in which he becomes such a problem that it's time to move on from him. But to pretend now that he suddenly is bad at playing football is staggeringly, just insane to me. There, there are no corners with five years of consistent good play with the exception of like two of the guys, three of the three guys on my list. It doesn't exist. Razul didn't do it. Nobody does it. Jair did it. And he had one year where he was the best corner in football. And when he finally, so he did, so here's the thing. In year three, he finally breaks out. He's the number one guy. And then the next year he gets freaking hurt. The year back from injury, he was very, very good again. And then he got hurt again. And what, I'm supposed to think like, well, if he comes back next year healthy, he's not going to be good? There's no evidence that points anywhere else except when this guy's healthy, he's one of the better corners in football. And we got to get rid of him? Why? Oh, he's, he's got an attitude. I, 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 I just don't freaking understand this. One minute we're a soft defense and we're too soft and we got to be tougher and we got to do all these things. And then you get Jair who comes out there and he plays with attitude and he plays with swagger. And it's like, he's got too much attitude and swagger. He's arrogant. I don't like it. He should go, man. Whatever you, you, you fan how you want to fan, but you know what? I will take my time and piss and moan about things that are not good, but I am not going to freaking sit here and piss and moan about things that are good. And I'm so tired of this fan base attacking the good players. Like, Valentine is somehow a hero. You know he's worse than Jair. Even in a down year, he's graded out lower than Jair. He hasn't done anything. But, J- but Valentine is a hero, and Jair sucks. 
right? Preston hasn't really done very much. He hasn't been very good, but it's Rashawn that keeps getting attacked. Christian Watson is unfreaking believable when he's healthy, not just what he does in terms of his receptions and everything else, but what he does for our offense. And he's the guy that gets attacked all the time. I feel like Aaron Jones is the only guy that escapes scrutiny. He's hurt all the time. He's a great football player. Seems like he'd be a prime target for, for everybody. But he gets a pass, which is good. I'm glad he gets a pass. I think a lot more people should be getting a pass. Again, like I said about Jair, you know, the, the, the one year the guy asks us to get his back. He's, he's, he's been a freaking great corner for f- basically five years. Call it four with the injury. One year he's having a down year, and we can't get the guys back. We got to trade him away because he's, he's frustrated that things aren't going well. Of all the things to be frustrated about, I'm glad that he's upset about the fact that the defense isn't good. I want our defensive players to be upset that the defense isn't good and that the defensive coordinator sucks and that we need to make a change and we need to be better and we need to be more accountable and we need to be more violent and we need to be more vocal. We need to be all these things. I would like it if more guys were upset about the state of our defense. I don't have a problem with passion. Now, if a guy can't play because he's pissed off about, you know, his girl won't text him back, that's a different problem. But being pissed off about the defense not being good because this is my life and this is what I dedicate myself to, that's not a problem for me. So what are we doing? I I have three players on this list that I put down that I honestly would say I would switch careers. Kendall Fuller, Jalen Ramsey, Sauce Gardner. End of list. Everybody else is either somebody that's a really young player that's good, and again, Sauce Gardner's one of them, and we'll see. I, I'm, I'm putting him on the list because I trust, and maybe, you know, I can maybe put Devin Witherspoon, even though it's been one year, but I'm not going to. There's no doubt that some of these young guys are going to end up having better careers, but I can't look at that objectively and say anything. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put Sauce because I just, I'm just being generous. But if I could swap careers, yeah, I mean, there's, there's two. And I'm not talking about today, because again, I'd, I'd take freaking a ton of young guys over Jair. Jair's 27 years old, whatever. He's got an injury history. I'm just talking about, look at their careers and tell me who's better. And you freaking people can't give me 10? And I got to sit here and listen to, to talk about trades? I would expect about 50 names the way that he gets talked about. And, th- and this exercise went exactly how I was expecting it to, by the way. And again, other people can have their opinions and be like, these are the people that I would put ahead of Jair. Based on whatever criteria, I have no idea what the criteria is, but um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't understand this at all. So yes, if there's an attitude problem, it breaks my heart to think that we might have to, but we might have to, and it has nothing to do with his play. Anyways, enough on that. You guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>